Today we're sitting down with my good friend who's a college champion, Super Bowl winning running back, Jamal Lewis. Today we talk about how Jamal, while he was still playing, started his own businesses to build his entrepreneurial skills for his post sports career. Today, Jamal has multiple companies that he runs and he talks with us about all the learnings he had from the game of football and how he relates it to entrepreneurism. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Jamal Lewis. Jamal, welcome to the Entrepreneurs United podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on. Uh, I get, you know, we've had a, a Stanley Cup champion on before, one of my childhood idols, uh, Montreal Canadian Ryan Walter. And now we get a Super Bowl champ and Jamal Lewis on our episode. So excited to talk to you a little bit about your background in, in the sport of football. But more importantly, you've gone on to have a really good business career beyond that as an entrepreneur. And I know you're very passionate about sports and business yourself. And uh, I've had gotten a chance to know you for about a decade now, and it's been fun to see you grow your businesses and, and do what you do. So can't wait to dive into that a little bit as well. So can't wait to jump in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on and uh, really looking forward to chatting it up with you guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Jamal, let, let's kind of walk back for those of you, for those, you know, in the audience who may not know a lot about your background. Um, I believe you, I don't believe, I know you played at Tennessee football. I think you played with Peyton Manning as a matter of fact. So people, you know, uh, may remember those years, uh, mm-hmm. went on to Baltimore Ravens, won a Super Bowl as a rookie, uh, you know, first round draft pick over 10,000 yards in football. This is not about football, but a lot about business is achieving goals and getting to a certain destination. And I have to believe that in your football career, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. Where did that come from? Where did all of that, you know, energy and, and you know, all you have to do in, in a sport to really get to the highest level? Where did that come from? Can you give us a little bit of that background of yours? Um, well, well, basically starting out in, in high school, um, you know, you're challenged, right? You know, you have coaches that challenge you. So uh, I think I owe a lot of it to a lot of the coaches that, um, brought me up from even from Pop Warner, you know, just I, I've been blessed to have great coaches uh, that's been able to instill some good work ethic in me and also believe in me as well. Uh, so with that, you know, moving on to, to high school or whatever, it's, it's, it's always another level, right? So it's, 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 it's like playing a video game. You're always trying to get to that next level. And when you get to high school, it's like, hey, kids are bigger than you. Uh, you know, they're much more advanced than you are or whatever at the sport. But, you know, how do you how do you how do you keep an edge? You know, how do you, uh, uh, you know, go out and prove yourself and excel and just gradually grow uh, throughout the process? And I think, you know, growth is, is, is everything, especially within the sport and also uh, in business. You know, it's what are you doing uh, to to increase your value? What are you doing to to make yourself a better person, um, you know, on the field, off the field, and in business, the same thing. You know, every year going back to evaluate, um, you know, where were my weaknesses at? You know, how can I get better? Uh, and, and, and that's the only way that you're going to excel is by, you know, working on those weaknesses and also just self-evaluation and, and, and evaluating yourself along, along, the, uh, along the process, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, uh, sports kind of really instilled a lot of that in me uh, in my for my business career, because uh, I pretty much drive it the same way that I would, 
you know, as an athlete. And that was, you know, working hard in the offseason, dedicating myself to my craft and, 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 and what I needed to do to get better. And also just sacrificing uh, the things that that I wanted, you know, that 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 I wanted. Uh, but at the same time, just letting those things go so I can accomplish, you know, my goals and my dreams and everything I set forth. Um, and you talked about goals. You know, it's you know, you can set goals, but what's the path, you know, to reaching that goal? That is the that is the ultimate quest, you know, in uh, in, in in trying to attain that goal and trying to stay on the right path, stay on the right track, not get veered off. And being an athlete and being a pro athlete, I commend a lot of pro athletes just because of that, because there's so many times that you could have, you know, went off track. But obviously you hung in there and you stayed in there and you stuck to the process. And that's what got you where you are. So whether that's sports or business uh, is the same way. Yeah, that's awesome. And certainly to your point, even in business, right, way too many times we get sidetracked. We, you know, instead of focusing on what we can do and do it the best we can. We kind of get sidetracked and everything else. Uh, I, I don't want to make this assumption, Jamal, but I need to ask the question. Uh, I'm sure you've had tons of highlights in the football career that would be like, that was one of my biggest highlights that I remember, not just a play, but just a, a moment that you had in, in the game. And I don't want to make an assumption it was winning a Super Bowl. However, I'm sure that was very, very high up on the list, if not the top. But what would be your yeah. biggest uh, moment or highlight that you could share with us uh, in your professional career? Um, I think that in my professional my professional football sports. career, yeah. I think it would probably football is kind of like I mean, uh, sports Super Bowl is that it's a gimme, right? So we're going to just chalk that one off. Okay, um, I, I I would say mainly the two thousand yard uh, season uh, running for two thousand sixty six and two thousand three. That was probably um, that was probably the most rewarding uh, just because, um, you know, of how it all came to be, um, you know, that off season, um, you know, me and my Tony, I mean, me and my trainer, uh, Tony Villani, it was more of, you know, we set out to, to reach 2000 yards and uh -huh. really it was more to, to, to break the, um, uh, it, it was, yeah, it was 2000 yards. You know, we trained for that. and and we dedicated ourselves to that and it was just like it was it was words at first that became reality and um and just buying into the process with my trainer buying into the process with the team and everything that we had going on um that year um because you know we did have a quarterback to get hurt and go down um so I had to answer the bell and kind of be um the 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 engine you know for that offense and uh, being able to answer the bell, yeah. you know, and end up, you know, taking 25, 30 yards a game, I mean, 30 carries a game and racking it up, you know, for, for 2,000 yards and having that 295 game that really set it out because uh, that's what we really wanted to do. Uh, my, my trainer and I was, let's get these big runs. You know, if you hit one or two big runs early in the game, it sets you up for that 150-yard day, you know. So um, that's what we wanted to do. And, uh, it was hey let's 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 get that breakaway speed let's be able to get past the second level and let's finish you know and let's get that done early and that's how those numbers kind of add up. Yeah, that's amazing. If I'm not mistaken, um, is it that did that? Um, 
I can't remember exactly where you ended up. You just mentioned it a second ago, but was that like third all time uh, rushing in a season yards? Is that what uh, I saw? Yes. It's third. It's third now um, because Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, he, he won up me. Um, and so at the Eric time, that was a record. Yeah. yeah. At the time, it was, no, I was number two. Okay. At the time, I was awesome. number two under, under Eric Dickerson. And then uh, Adrian Peterson went and kind of surpassed a little bit. Awesome. What I, what I love, I appreciate you sharing that story. What's great about that, uh, to your point earlier about what's your path to attain goals, it's not as if you just did it and you were determined to have a good season. You actually set out before you started to get to 2,000 yards. We're mathematically breaking it down on how you're going to get there uh, and what work <laughs> yeah. you need to put in there to get it. So I, I, I love that, Jamal. Obviously, yeah. I've gotten to know you post-football as an entrepreneur and a businessman. Um. Were you entrepreneurial before your football career ended? Like, was there stuff you did earlier in your, in your whether it be college or high school years or, or even your pro years, which kind of gave you that entrepreneurial bug? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, um, at, 20, at 21 years old, I actually uh, built uh, my first subdivision. It was about a 14-home subdivision. So I dabbled in the real estate thing a little bit, uh, thought I wanted to do that, but uh, that was kind of a one one time thing, but I did that pretty much 100 percent on my own on the south side of uh, Atlanta, uh, which is a nice subdivision right now. Um, you know, it was it was a great accomplishment. Um, then I also opened up a a mold software grill, which was a franchise at the time. So I did that, and then after that, I opened up a started this trucking company that was probably one of my biggest feats. Um, uh, we were, was running about 250 trucks, uh, all refrigerated, um, you know, went through the whole 2007, 2008 uh, economy uh, bust and everything. So uh, kind of weathered that storm until about 2011. Um, and then, you know, that's why that's after I retired. So I've always pretty much been an entrepreneur and um, just always had, had, a, had a thing for starting up a business and just making it grow, you know, making it grow, making it flourish. Uh, can't say I've, I've won in all of them, uh, but at the same time, I think what I did win was the relationships and the resources that I gained, you know, pretty much along the way that put it pretty much put me here where I am. I want to take a quick step back to the 2,000-yard season, and you had said you and your trainer had worked towards – the understanding that 150 yards and a, a few breakaway carries early in the game, that that would set up a game for uh, success. And it occurred to me, I'm curious as to your take on the balance between individual goals and team goals, because I'm sure you've played with people or you may have been on the wrong side of it yourself at times, but I'm sure you've played with people that were too much about, hey, I need my 150 yards mm -hmm. and not enough about the team. And then yeah. you probably played with people who were too much about the team and not enough about personal responsibility to success. Where is that balance? And do you have any stories for yourself on maybe where you were on the wrong side of it and it taught you where that balance point is? Um, yes, uh, on both of those. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, you do have to kind of balance, you know, between those individual goals and the team goals. Pretty much the, the coach, the coach at the beginning of the year is going to set out those team goals. 
and what we really want to accomplish. And you know what the ultimate goal is, the Super Bowl, but everybody isn't capable of that. So, you know, a lot of people want to get to the playoffs or, you know, just uh, win the division or whatever that might be. Uh, but those are team goals. And team goals are all about, you know, you not being selfish. Uh, so that's what I learned from being on a Super Bowl team and also being on a national championship team was there was a lot of people that was they were not unselfish, you know, uh, or they were they, they were unselfish. Uh, they didn't worry about those uh, extra carries or the extra tackles or sacks or whatever, where they get themselves out of place or they go and um, do something different uh, that that's out of the 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 play uh in order to accomplish you know what they want to, to have those are the teams that you have that are not super bowl teams uh they don't go that far or whatever because you have a lot of guys out there that are trying to uh get their incentives and it's all about them and and those are the teams that you don't you don't see that that go later on into the to the postseason um myself i think uh being on the other side of that i can't remember uh, 2005. I think I was, I was, I was wanting a new contract. I was very upset, um, you know, because I didn't get my new contract, um, at the time and the Ravens were going back and forth or whatever. And, um, you know, I kind of set the team aside, you know, for my own personal gain. And that was for me to get my contract, you know, that's what I wanted. So, uh, long story short, I ended up getting uh, hurt that year. I didn't get – I wasn't out for the season, but, you know, it stagged me um, because I went into the game against the Dallas Cowboys. I can remember it like yesterday. Went into that game, and, you know, even before the game, I'm thinking about, you know, my contract. I don't really want to be out here, this, that, and the other, whatever. And what happened? Running through on a regular play, nice game. Um, you know, going to the ground and uh, I think it was DeMarcus Ware just came down on my ankle, high ankle sprain, uh, tore a ligament in my ankle and everything. uh, And it just sat me back, you know? So it was just one of those things where it's like, Hey, you know, you, you have to be fully focused. You know, you, you, you can't put your, yourself and, you know, um, your individual, you know, needs and wants or whatever before the team. And and I felt if I would have went into that game with a different mindset, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten injured. I would have had a better season, and I might have gotten that contract, you know, at the end of that season. Uh, but, you know, I was young. I was probably 25, 26 years old or whatever. So, uh, but that's why I tell guys nowadays that are in those contract situations, you know, just, you know, just play ball because, it doesn't last long. Um, be happy to be out there and just go out there and just give it your all, and, and you never know where the chips may fall, you know. In your experience as an entrepreneur, have you seen anything similar with people who work for the companies that you own or are partial owner in where people want a new contract for themselves? They want a raise. They want that promotion. They start to get disfocused because they're so focused on that. And then they end up not accomplishing the results that they could have had they not been so worried about themselves. Have you experienced anything similar to that as an entrepreneur? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Earlier on, I did. Um, as an entrepreneur earlier on, I uh, probably, you know, five, six years ago, um, you know, in companies I've had, you know, you do have that where somebody wants, you know, more money or they're only going to do what's asked. Um, it's not, you know, over and beyond and I'm doing it for the company or I'm doing it for myself. You know, uh, they, it, it, I have dealt with that. But what I've learned, um, what I've learned outside of that was, you know, pay people, you know, pay people what they're worth, um, get that out of the way, you know, uh, that way, you know, what's expected. So if, Hey, look, if, if I'm taking care of you and on the front end, um, there's expectations. So, you know, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to, um, uh, have to tell you what to do all the time. Um, I, you know, you should have your own expectations and, and, and drive and, and want to do better. And, um, you know, it's about the company, you know, cause this is what, you know, this is a team and we're, we, we have a goal that we're trying to accomplish. And my whole thing is I just need you to buy into the process that we set forth and do your part. Um, so you do have a lot of that where other people want to do other people's job. You know, uh, don't worry about other people's job. Worry about your job. And um, as far as, like you said, the money, money always plays a part. And somebody always feels like they want more or they, they should be getting more or they look, they look at another employee uh, and what they're getting. And, you know, my whole thing is I like to flush that out from the start. Uh, and get that out of the way uh, to the point where we don't have to really discuss that. You know, we shouldn't, I don't want my employees worrying about, you know, getting paid or money. I want them to worry about the task at hand and, hey, being happy within a company that's growing. And when we grow, you're going to grow. So that's just, that's just how I operate. But you still have those same type of tendencies out of people uh, within the workplace. Uh, but I think that that comes from the top and you have to really manage that and really manage the expectations, you know, of anybody that you hire and anybody that you bring in. Mm. I'd like to hear about the characteristics of an A player in football. And I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I Keep your mind there. Then I'm going to repeat it back to you. And I want to know if those are the same characteristics of uh, good entrepreneurs. So don't try to juxtapose the two. I'm just telling you where I'm going to lead you. So when you think about football and you're like, hey, here are some A players who I worked with. What are their characteristics? Uh, their characteristics are... Um, you mean name a few? I can name a few. Yeah, please. Okay. All right. Well, just um, characteristics of an A player is you know always on time, um, always taking notes and and listening uh, versus voicing what their opinion is, but listening. Um, uh, I would also say um, um, errors. You know, errors. Uh, a players have don't have a lot of mental errors. So in a game, they're not going to miss that block. 
They're not going to miss that that tackle. Uh, they're not going to miss that read or whatever. Those are A players. They're going to have minimal mistakes. Uh, a players are going to, um, you know, when you correct them, they're going to get it. You're going to get it corrected, and they're going to get it corrected the first time, and you're not going to have to tell them again and again and again. Um, and uh, A player, you don't have to really worry about them off the field um, in, in jeopardizing your team and, you know, jeopardizing the focus of where you're really trying to go. Mm. That's I feed this back to you. So now switching caps out of football. Think about entrepreneurs and what you know about entrepreneurs and, and yourself even. Would you say an A player is an entrepreneur? They're always on time. They're always taking notes. They're always listening. They have a minimal number of mental errors. They're coachable. You don't have to tell them twice. They want to go improve. And they're appropriate out of the office. Yeah, I think those are all characteristics of entrepreneurs. What is missing from that list for entrepreneurs that may just not be even even appropriate on the football field? Chances. Chances. You're going to take chances. An entrepreneur has to take chances. You got to, you know, uh, I think it was coach, um, uh, coach at, uh, the coach at the Ravens. I just went blank. Uh, he, he said that everybody, I think he said everybody has an opinion, but everybody doesn't have to make a decision. So as a, as a, as a, a player, you can go out as an A player. You just have to go out there, and you don't have to think. You just have to do, right? As a as an entrepreneur, you have to think and do, and you also have to make a decision uh, and live with it. Uh, a lot of players you don't have to, but I can tell you one thing: an A player is one thing, but a great player is different. Great players will make a decision. Great players will. Uh, like a, a, I say, great player like a Deion Sanders, he's going to take a chance on jumping that route and get that interception, right? Myself as as a great player, I consider myself a great player. I, I'm going to take my chance and bounce that that run outside because I saw something and I'm gonna hit a home run, you know. And I'm not afraid to bounce it out there and 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 not hit a home run, right? So that's the difference, I think, in a players and 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 what's missing uh, from an, being an entrepreneur. Cool. So take chances, but not just take chances. Take chances and be decisive about it. Right there, you go. That makes that. That's it. I love that. And and Jamal, I I just want to come back to this. I mean, while you were in college and or playing professionally. You started these businesses. You built a subdivision. You had a Moe's Southwest Grill franchise. You had, you know, your truck business. Why did you do that? Uh, really, because I was trying to curve the, uh, I was trying to curve the, uh, I guess the the view. I'm looking for the word, but the view stereotype? of the stereotype of an athlete and the fact that. Hey, look, you know, I need to get ahead of this thing uh, because 
yeah, you can make millions of dollars, but the, uh, the the percentages and the numbers show. So I wanted to try to get ahead of that. And that's why I kind of started businesses, hoping that I would have some home run businesses or whatever, um, which I did have some some good ones. But at the same time, nothing that was basically scalable uh, that I could just take to the next level. Uh, but but yeah, that's uh, that's why that's why I started so early. Gotcha. And so let's bring us to the current day today. Uh, what do you have going on entrepreneurially today? So now I have uh, I have about two businesses. Now I went through a full transition, you know, coming out of NFL concussions, and uh, that's how I ended my career. Uh, you know, the trucking company lost the trucking company, uh, put bankrupt that uh, just due to the situation and and what was going on and. You know, that's another topic if we want to get into that. Uh, but now uh, pushing forward, uh, I have two companies now. One is a um, exhibit company, a trade show exhibit company. Uh, we do uh, trade show exhibits for, you know, multiple companies around the country uh, that are going into trade shows or any kind of events. Uh, so that's national called Southeast Exhibits and Events. And then we also have a uh, company called Buyer Connected Incorporated, where we do um, furnitures, fixtures, um, equipment, installations for a, anybody from retail to restaurants to, um, uh, you know, uh, hospitality as well. So pretty much sending crews in and uh, either breaking down, setting up, uh, installing, uh, whatever whatever the plan or, or whatever the, whatever it is for that particular uh, retailer or customer. Okay. Awesome. So I, I have to go here because you talked about the trucking company and kind of, you know, you had, you had, um, you had to stop playing football. Uh, you had your trucking company at the time that this happened as well. Um, mm-hmm. What happened exactly in that particular situation? What was the lesson there? I think the lesson there was, you know, I was still playing football. 100% owner, you know, of this company or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, wasn't very hands-on, uh, trusted partners to go in and do what they were expected to do. Um, did have the economy that kind of played a part. Uh, but when I did finish up, you know, just kind of figuring out that, you know, they weren't running the company as they should have, uh, stealing from the company and, you know, just really driving the business into the ground. Uh, So what I just learned from that is, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an owner, uh, you have to uh, be there. You have to be there to watch, um, you know, what's going on and what's happening and um, have meetings, you know, have weekly meetings if you're not present, you know, so you understand what's going on and everything. And just don't think that, hey, just because money is there, or you have money to put in or invest or uh, fix a problem, doesn't make it all right, you know? So um, that's, that's, that's it. Pretty keep, keep good people around you and keep good people within your organization. And uh, just uh, like my, one of the consultants I brought in said, kick the muddy fish out. And that's how you keep clean water. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a good quote. I'm curious. You said you had stopped. Uh, as a result of concussions, and I think you stopped playing. Was it two thousand nine? Yeah, two thousand nine, ten season. Yes. Okay, and it was two thousand fifteen that the movie Concussion came out. 
where Ooh. they it just started to become something. Uh, CTE became something, and that was kind of the big breakout of uh, acceptance that that was a thing. I'm curious when you were playing. Was CTE anything that was talked about at that time, or was there any fear about no. too many concussions, or was that is it just not even a thing? No, it wasn't a thing at all. You know, um, I think the year that I, I actually retired is the year that I learned the most about concussions. Uh, just you know what they were, uh, what to expect, what are the symptoms. Um, and it just so happened after I got knocked out of a game, uh, was unconscious, uh, came back into that game, which will never happen again. Um, and it's, it shouldn't have happened then. Uh, but it's um, we never even knew about CTE. You never even knew about, you know, what the long term effects of concussions really were. Uh, but, um, you know, we learned pretty quickly. Uh, and I think. I was I got knocked out the first game, um, played out through the rest of the season until about week ten, and one day I just woke up and I just wasn't myself. Um, I wasn't the same. Uh, I still played that game, but after that game, I never played another game again uh, mm. because they put me on, they put me on IR. Uh, basically, just more thinking about my future uh, versus that next week, you know, and me playing. Uh, so that's when I pretty much, you know, was forced to kind of retire uh, and give it up and hang up my cleats. But um, it was it was one of them things where I learned a lot about cognitive ability um, and just, you know, uh, your memory and just brain function and everything else, which you never knew before. Concussions, you know, it was more of a bell rung or you got dinged or something like that when we were playing. And, you know, you take some smelling sauce and and look, you get back out there, you're ready to go, you know, and uh, made you feel a little macho at the time. Uh, but not knowing that you're just damaging your brain cells uh, for the future. Uh, but now I can say that it is um, a lot better. Uh, I think football is safer than it's ever been. And they've really made some steps to really drive from youth up. Uh, so over the last... 10 years, I think it's uh, it's been a big, big help. And, um, you know, just glad to see that because this is a game that I love. This is a game that I grew up playing, and I would never want to see it tarnished um, by injuries and, you know, death. And it's certainly a game that has a, a lot of crossover to business and being an entrepreneur. Uh, if you're open to sharing, do you experience any long-term uh, symptoms of multiple concussions yourself? Uh, you know, I, I do, I do the baseline tests and the stuff that they offer, you know, just to kind of make sure to see where I might be if you're slipping or, or whatever. But, you know, memory is one thing, cognitive, uh, ability is another thing and just, um, you know, organization and, and things of that nature. That's, that's, you know, it's just one of them things. And that's why I try to, hire good people to 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 be around me and, and make sure that we're making calculated moves and and the right decisions. Uh but uh I do suffer from, you know, some symptoms and uh but honestly, you know, I think that business is my therapy. 
And as long as I'm working, uh, keeps me keeps me finding solutions, keeps me thinking, uh, keeps me on my toes. And uh, I don't sit idle. And I think uh, John can tell you in this business, you can't sit idle at all, uh, especially in dealing with retail. So uh, I stay busy, and uh, I think I owe a lot of my good uh, right now to 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 being in business. Yeah, business is keeping you sharp. And you said you surround yourself with a lot of good people. I want to tie that back to one of the first things you said, where you said coaches challenge you. And you were talking about football at the time. Mm-hmm. When you think about surrounding yourself with really good people now as an entrepreneur, do you have coaches who challenge you as a business leader? Uh, like this within the business? Uh, within the business or outside of the business? Who coaches you? And you don't need to name names unless you care to. Oh. But who coaches oh, yeah. you these days? Who challenges you these days? Who's the coach that helps bring out the best Jamal possible and raises things to the next level so you feel like you have to grow and get better? Who's that person today? And what have you been learning from them lately? Um, I have about two to three people I would say that I pretty much, you know, rely on and um, that kind of hold me accountable, uh, so to speak, you know, and um, that I listen to. And one would be my partner, uh, Rob Cuton, who's uh, my business partner. You know, he's a little younger than I am, but at the same time, you know, uh, very good business mind, uh, very smart, very smart guy. Um, and, you know, just just like a teammate, you know, that, a, you know, or a coach that that ask you the tough questions. Right. You know, why, what, where, you know, you know, what was your thinking or whatever and challenge you. Um, and that's what that's what you need. Uh, another one would be uh, Tiffany Burns. Uh, she just made senior partner at McKinsey. I meet with her probably a couple times a year. And, you know, she does the same thing as far as making sure that you know, I, I, I dotted my I's and crossed my T's and that I'm going into certain meetings and certain situations, especially with Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, uh, just making sure that you're you're prepared and you're, you're, you're ready to go. Um, and also, I know Richard Cox is another one. Uh, he's at Cox Communications here. He was actually one of my coaches in uh, in high school. Uh, now he's the CIO at Cox Communications now. And, you know, I, I'll meet with him, you know, every now and then. And, you know, just just kind of meet with him just about things and pretty much the same thing with, with Tiffany. Pick his brain uh, just about certain things just to make sure that I'm on top of my game and uh, that I'm prepared for any meeting or any situation or any uh, issue that might come up. Uh, within business or family or whatever that might be, um, you know, those are probably three people that uh, that I I, I consider uh, coaches, you know. And I still call uh, Coach Cox. I still call him Coach, <laughs> even though he's a CIO. And I I had to tell him like, look, man, I I don't call everybody Coach. And if I do call you Coach, that's a uh, that that that's 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 a good thing, you know. So that's it's a high what, honor. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and Jamal, that, that's amazing to hear. Right. And you talk, you know, about the stereotype that you're trying to overcome when you're doing these entrepreneurial moves. But 
when you talked with Rich a few moments ago about an A player and a great player and the way I've gotten to know you, uh, it matches really, really close. And the fact that you have coaches and people that you're working with doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, so I, I really love to hear that uh, and have enjoyed working with you and getting to see how you operate as well, just even in our conversations and always being present and, and such. You know, when we spoke at dinner about a month ago in Atlanta, uh, we were talking about just sports and business in general. And I know as an employer myself that, you know, if you get a resume that you have an athlete that played college something, swimming, field hockey, lacrosse, doesn't matter. Uh, you always put a little asterisk. Okay, this person played at a high level. They know what it takes to be on time for the meetings, to your point, and to be listening and getting feedback and being coached and, and so on and so forth. So I've always liked the approach of hiring athletes in my business. But I think one area that you have interest in is really the sports and entrepreneurism. And we talked a lot about athletes today and maybe the impact that you could have through your story on why athletes, when they're coming up, uh, or maybe even starting their professional career should look at entrepreneurism as an opportunity for them as well. Talk to me about that. Why is that a passion for you to talk about sports and entrepreneurism? Uh, really because it's a lot of athletes out here that uh, finish up the game and finish up whatever sport that they're playing and they're lost, you know, and they, they, they don't have a transition process. Um, and one of those reasons is because they don't know how to, implement structure uh as a athlete you know I, I just know as a football player every every team i've been on you know we showed up in july august um you had a whole you, you had a schedule that was all the way out to the end of the season so we didn't have to plan you didn't have to you just had to go where the herd went you just had to be on time um you know for that first meeting and then everything else flows through but when you retire and you're done with the game, um, you you need to be able to to, to implement that structure. Uh, you need to be able to uh, plan and put things together, and uh, because you can, it's just you never had to. But if you go back to um, you know some of the meetings that you've been in, some of the speakers that you've sat in on, the coaches that have have spoken to you and um, you know corrected you. Um, like you're, you're already prepared for this. You're built for this. It's just applying it. And I think that a lot of athletes will figure out that, you know, if you find a business that you really like, um, you find an industry that you're really interested in, um, whatever that business is, if you like it, you can go in and you can be successful, um, just by the processes and the things that you can bring from a structure standpoint. Uh, just using the game, uh, you know, uh, whatever sport it might be. Uh, so that's why I'm more passionate about it because you start to see a lot of athletes, especially in my space, uh, in the football space that, Hey, look, they don't, um, they, they don't have anything to do, uh, but try to chase, uh, uh, benefits, um, from their, 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 the NFL or, or, or whatever league it is. You know, uh, you know, instead of chasing those benefits and chasing that free money, uh, you know, build a business. Use some of the things that you've been that's been instilled in you uh, and that you've been taught. Use that. You know, uh, we, you know, we've had a great education, um, you know, not just in, in the classroom, but outside the classroom, too, uh, in some life lessons 
uh, that 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 I think are very valuable and that these athletes can bring to the table. And that's why you like to hire, you know, athletes, whether it's high school, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you have guys that are talking about Pop Warner and they're 50 years old, uh, you know, because they but that they have that drive. They have that passion uh, and they have what it takes to get it across the finish line. And I think there's a lot there's a lot of guys out there, girls that, that have that. And that's why I'm more passionate about, you know, helping and uh, trying to see um, athletes, you know, move forward through that transition. Yeah. And I think there's also a big difference, Jamal, between uh, professional athletes investing in businesses and professional athletes being entrepreneurs, two different things, right? right? Because I'm sure oh, yeah. they're approached all the time. Hey, I just saw you sign this contract. Why don't you invest in my widget making factory or whatever it may be, right? I mean, right. I'm sure those come just hot and heavy all over the place versus the reality of, hey, I'm passionate about this industry. I'm going to go jump in this industry and learn it and manage it and build a company in it just like you've done with my hands, right? I'm going to go actually learn everything I need to know about this industry and this business. Um, what is, what is the catalyst? I, you know, when, when somebody, you know, I just want to come back to one point you made when your career ends, there's this empty syndrome. Even when I finished my hockey playing career in college, it was kind of like, where are the boys? I don't have the locker room anymore. Right. So it's just a different feeling. How should professional athletes prepare to be an entrepreneur when they're just so busy training and, you know, going through their schedules and managing their professional career and probably starting a family and they have all these different things going on. What programs are available or how, what should they go about doing to prepare themselves for post sports career? Well, I know the NFL, you know, they have, they have some um, uh, like boot camps or some programs that they've done with Harvard and, uh, some of the the top, you know, elite schools out there that offer, you know, a more focused area uh, of whatever that might be, whether it's franchising, whether it's marketing, um, business, just business period, um, and being an entrepreneur. They have those, but because of COVID, of course, they kind of shut them down, but I think they are coming, gradually coming back. Uh, but at the same time, okay, you're playing for, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, so to speak, right? You know, you know, there's a list of sponsors that these guys go out to, you know, to buy sponsorships for these teams, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, it's as simple as 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 reaching out to the ups, you know, the the organization and saying, "Hey, send me a list of those sponsors," or can you connect me with these four or five companies? Because they're dealing with the top of these companies, so can you connect me with these guys? I want to do an internship, you know, or I just want to sit down and have a meeting or a conversation. I did that when I was there, um, and when I was starting my trucking company, I went to McCormick, I went to Snapple, I went to a lot of these companies, and I got the list from them, and basically reached out and said, "Hey, I want to just come have a conversation." So. A lot of that can help, you know, move things forward. Uh, but it's 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 on it's on you and and what do you want to accomplish? Because football or the game is not gonna last long. I played for 10 years and and it went by in a blur, you know. So that's 10 years. So and so therefore, you know, taking that time to go and 
and uh, invest that time to meet with certain people and do that, it, it, it's, it's beneficial. It's beneficial. So um, use that. You know, there's, there's programs out here and stuff, whatever. But I think that if you're a current player and you're part of a multi-billion dollar organization, you can you have a better end uh, at some of these people that are buying these suites and that are having their names all over the uh, all over the stadiums and everything else. You have a better shot with building that relationship. So therefore, you know what you are busy. You don't have time to start a business and focus on a business like I did uh, in two thousand five or even before that when I was uh, younger. Because I think that that was the key to my the failure on that side too, uh, because I wasn't there. But at the same time, you can still in the off season build these relationships so that when you are done, hey, you can gradually transition over into something that you've already been dabbling in for the last three to five years, and now it's a more comfortable situation. I love that. Earlier, you had mentioned sacrificing things you want to accomplish goals. And I imagine many of us can think of sacrifices. It's sacrificing many of the things you get short-term pleasure on, right? And then in order to get long-term pleasure of accomplishing goals. So I understand what that means, sacrificing things you want to accomplish you know, your long-term goals. At what point is it okay to do the things you want. At what point can you stop sacrificing and get the pleasure and enjoy and you go, yes, goals are important, but I'm not going to be complacent, but at some level, I've arrived at a place where I don't have to constantly be thinking about sacrificing and feeling guilty if I take Mm -hmm. time for short-term pleasure. Does that place exist? And if it does, where does that exist? I think it exists when you figure out, hey, look, this is important to me, right? If 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 in the off season, um, going to Italy with the family is important to you for two weeks, then do it. But from from my standpoint, those two weeks, I'm gonna spend those two weeks training and getting better. And when I, because because I know that the game is short, so I can take that trip to Italy when the game is over and when I'm done, because it's not going to be 20 years from now, <laughs> you know, it's going to be, who knows, a few years from now. So I'm going to do everything I can to sacrifice what I want most to accomplish these things right here to accomplish my goal and where I want to be in, in having a, a, a illustrious, a great 10 year career. Uh, but I think that, you know, you have to reward yourself, right? So look at it that way. If you accomplish something, I can remember as a, as a rookie, uh, probably shouldn't have did it because it kind of increased my taste a little bit in, uh, in, in cars. But I remember when I said going to the Super Bowl, if I went to the Super Bowl, I was going to buy a Ferrari, uh, Ferrari 360 Modena. And you know what? We went and I bought it. <laughs> you know, I bought it. Uh, but did I need it? Not really. But guess what? I sat out and said, this is what I want to do. And if I did it, this is what I would get. And that's what I, that's what I did. Um, 
But I think this is one of those things where the whole thing that I'm saying about sacrifice is, um, you know, when you really want something, you can tell how bad you want it by what you sacrifice, right? So that's that's pretty much where I'm coming from. But after you attain that goal, after you reach that that milestone, that mark where you want to be, uh, when you set those goals, when you put those goals down and, and you write that down, put down certain milestones, you know? If you hit this milestone, hey, look, I'm taking the family on a trip. You know, we deserve that. If I hit this milestone, hey, I might buy that car or whatever. Or I might buy this new house or whatever if I hit this milestone or whatever. But it's at least it's planned out and 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 it's uh it's giving you that incentive, you know, to to do better and keep pushing. So that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, thanks for that. Totally connected the dots. And I think you gave a great example of it uh, in setting milestones along the way. So you're not doing impulse things that seek pleasure. You're setting milestone goals for things that will create pleasure, almost to create more leverage on yourself to attain that milestone in the pursuit of a long-term goal. That makes a ton of right. sense. You know, I, I got to ask, what kind of car you drive now? Oh, I drive a twenty five hundred HD pickup truck, and it's uh, and it's not the Ferrari. No, no, buddy, no, no. I, I figured that out. I figured that out. That's not that's that's not that that that's not important. <laughs> this well, my truck. Hey, look, my truck. I love it. I love my truck, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, one of the best cars I've ever owned. Last question I got for you in the. Example about long-term goals, you had said, um, you know, traveling overseas, going to Italy. Um, I'm curious, what are your long-term goals now? What is your your Italy today that you're striving for, that you have milestones towards? Like, what gets you excited and out of bed about what long-term goals you got these days? Um, I think just hitting the marks on where I planned out and, and the goals I set for my business and attaining more customers, um, attaining more business, uh, where, you know, what numbers did we hit or whatever. Um, mainly, it's, you know, I have a 10 year plan. Um, and hopefully when I'm 50, you know, I can, uh, you know, I can actually do something different or, uh, take that trip and uh, relax a little. Uh, but for right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm mashing the gas, you know, um, leaving, you know, I, I don't have anything to do, uh, but take my kids and Uber them where they need to go. Uh, but outside of that, it's just mashing the gas and driving my business, um, you know, as high as it can go. And, and, and just really just, uh, just trying to hit that mark. I've always just really wanted a scalable business that I could take to the next level and possibly sell or uh, acquire more and and just keep growing. So um, we'll see where that goes. But what makes me happy is a good sale and uh, closing on a good customer. Uh, that that That's my win uh, right now. Good stuff. Thank you so much for the conversation today. And there's clearly this crossover between football and the talent required there 
and the talent that you're uh, exercising and the success you're experiencing in business. So we're so happy to have had you. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on anytime. Please stick around for a few more minutes while Rich and I break down this episode. So Rich, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion. I have to believe that soon he's going to be a champion in business as well. I just love the way that he approached business while he was still playing. I have to believe that less than 3% of professional athletes start becoming entrepreneurs themselves while they're still playing in preparation for post sports life. And, you know, like I said, getting to know Jamal last decade or so, just always present, always available, uh, always on time. Like he talked about all the traits he talked about, I've seen in him. Uh, and when him and I started talking about sports and business and other things that were going on, I just thought it'd be a natural fit to bring on and have a conversation with us. How did you originally get introduced to him? Uh, Jamal Lewis uh, and I were introduced by a former manager that worked for me. Uh, and he, you know, he introduced us, we had a good conversation and then just stayed in touch, did a few business things together. Uh, had a couple of projects in football that I was working on. I brought him on to consult with me on, uh, and then I've consulted with him on his company. And, uh, so, you know, just a pretty interesting linkage. I was down in Atlanta recently for some meetings and went to meet for lunch or dinner, I should say, and got together again and talked. And he asked me what I was up to. I shared our podcast idea and said, you got to come on and be a guest. Yeah. What a great guest he was too. And I can, I can see for him to rattle off these things on time, taking notes, listening, low number of mental errors, being coachable, appropriate off the field. And then when I asked him about what about what about entrepreneurs, what's a missing link there that might be exclusive to entrepreneurs? He started with take chances, but then he drew back like and I took chances as a great player myself. And that's a differentiator between an A player and a great player is taking chances and being decisive about it. So when you say you can see him being a champion in business, I mean, he's already a a multi-business owner. Sounds like at 21 years old, he was already doing properties at 14 properties there. And with the characteristics that he has himself, uh, no doubt he'll continue to rise to success in his businesses. Yeah, I, I love that differentiation he made between there's a lot of A players. You need to have a lot of A players. I, I mean, think about it. In professional sports, they're almost all A players. <laughs> but what differentiates the A player from the great player? And I love this example of Deion Sanders. Like, if you're a typical wide receiver, A player in, in, in football, you run the route you're told to run. But if you're Deion Sanders, <laughs> you may take that extra way. Uh, you know, not follow the route, but you're still going to get that touchdown. No one's going to yell at you, right? Because you're that level of player. So I, I think the same thing goes in business. But you know, when you talked about taking chances and risks as an entrepreneur and making decisions, that's a big difference, right? Because business owners make decisions all the time, all day long. Think about being the head coach or the general manager of a professional sports team and all the decisions they have to make day in and day out. Some are good, some are bad, but they got to make decisions. That's really, you know, maybe more similar to the, to the comparison you're making to this is the one difference between an athlete and an entrepreneur. The entrepreneur has to make those decisions at a very high level at a very quick pace more and more often. But what I thought was also interesting, if you come back to it is what differentiates the winner winning teams and the non-winning teams? And it was really that unselfish characteristic that the team had as a whole. I love the question you asked them, right? Which is, 
how, how do you met balance between individual goals and your collective team goals? And I think in both instances where he won a college football championship and a world and not world series, a Super Bowl, I should say, in both of those instances, the characteristic was very unselfish teams. And, and that seems to be common thread over and over and over again is individual versus team. One that no doubt, predictably, uh, you and I would be thinking about that's also a very common characteristic of winning business teams. Yep. Is that they're in it for the team. You know, Pat Lincioni, who wrote the book The Advantage and talks about organizational health, says a team is a small group of people who take collective responsibility for a common goal. And so on a team in business, it is you don't play a particular spot. You got to do what it takes to hit the goals. And sure, everybody has their own expertise. Everybody has their own particular talent. But if somebody is struggling or we need you to fill a role, there is no, well, that's not my job. Uh, and we got some of that from Jamal today. He also talked about buy into the process and do your part. That, And a lot of people are trying to do somebody else's part. That when the coach calls you to do your part, you do your part. But the differentiator between being an A player and a great player is almost like being a leader in a business versus leading the business, mm -hmm. you actually have to create the process so that everybody, and that's creating the vision yep. so that everybody can ultimately buy in and do their part to accomplish the vision of the leader. So again, it just, it wasn't surprising to me, but it was, uh, I enjoyed the, uh, looking at football and all the commonalities it had over to being a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, the story that I love too, Rich, that gave, you know, really good introspection on his part, which was, Hey, here was a point in time where I was worried about me and me only because I wasn't getting paid what I thought I was going to be paid. And by worrying about me and me only sure enough, I go out and get hurt. And now I'm trying to work my way back into the lineup. Right. So now I'm hurt. And when you ask the different question about, okay, team members now in your company and how do you deal with that contractual and payment thing? And certainly through his learning, it's like, look, I want to hire people, right? I want to pay them right off the bat and set proper expectations of what I expect from them for this dollar. And I love the way that approach because he, he lived it himself on the opposite side. Just think about an employee in your business who doesn't feel they're getting paid what they're worth. And how are they performing today or tomorrow? probably not hundred percent of their capabilities, right? They're probably have this in the back of their head that Jim is getting paid more than me, or I'm, I'm getting underpaid for the work I'm doing. That type of entropy in your business is garbage and it doesn't help you at all. But how you hire people on the forefront, uh, not only telling them what you expect for the compensation they're getting, but making sure it's the proper compensation for them. And then maybe also showing them the pathway. I think this is the last part I think is missed a lot. Showing them the pathway, Rich, on how they can grow their compensation within your organization in advance of them coming to work for you. So that it's not just a, I don't know when I'm going to get a raise. I guess I got to go ask for one. I don't know how I'm going to promote from get promoted from this level to this level. I guess I got to go ask for a promotion. Having a very clear set of expectations and, and rules that guide your, your compensation process uh, would lead to avoiding those situations where the employee, or in this case, in this case, the football player going in the field is disgruntled on how they're getting paid.